Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. Welcome again to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams, and I am so honored to be here with you today. We have been focusing on the mystery, on the deep mystery of what it means to be who we are, what, what we mean when we say God, what we mean in unity when we say there is one presence and one power, and how that means that the God that we look to is that one presence and one power. And if there is truly only one presence and one power, then we are one with God, because otherwise we could have God somewhere out there, or spirit or universe, whatever we want to call, whatever name we want to use for God, that presence, that divine presence could be here, and then here's Dahlia separated from God. And our belief, our understanding, our teaching that there is one presence and one power says that that is not true that we are one with the God that is our source. And yet here on this earthly plane, we, we f- seem to be separate. We experience a here I am and there you are. And we experience that not only with each other, not only between ourselves and the rest of the creation, the mountains, the rivers, the oceans, the earth, the planets, the stars. We experience a sense of being a small, separate self. And yet when we go deep enough into our spiritual practice, when we meditate, when we become silent, when we listen to that still small voice, when we read the great spiritual teachers, we learn over and over and over again the truth of oneness. God is one, we are the and we are one with the God that is our source. And still We have this experience of being separate, unique, that sense of here I am and there is the other. I was listening um, to an interview with someone who was trained in analyzing communications, and he was analyzing a news report given by one of the cable anchors, and he had counted how many times in the speech of this particular news anchor there was a statement about you and they, you and they, and how that 
emphasize the separation, the difference, the division that can be there between people. When we speak in terms of we and us, we get more of a sense of the oneness that ultimately is the truth of who we are. It's a mystery because we, to grasp it, we have to do things like look at wars that are going on or political strife or family disagreements or differences in economic standing. And we have to look beyond that to the truth of who we are, the fact that we are spirit. We have to look into our souls to get a sense of the oneness that is the truth of our being. So that's been the overall focus in 2022. Today, I want to talk about the power that is within you the power that is within us. And again, much like that shifting from knowing our oneness to feeling our separateness, in our lives we can go through the experiences of feeling powerless or feeling helpless or feeling overpowered by something else, overwhelmed. Or we can feel the fullness of the power of God moving through us, creating amazing things in our lives, bringing about healing, filling each day with an abundance we didn't think was possible. And then an hour later, we can be back into that consciousness of feeling powerless and helpless and unable to deal with what's in front of us. So for a little while, I want to be, focus on this power that is truly within us, how we recognize it, how we honor it, and over the next few weeks, how we access this power and how we live from this power. We see this power everywhere around us. If we look at nature and if we see videos or firsthand a volcano erupting, I mean, that's a huge display of power in nature. And that, too, is the power of God manifesting because God is the source of all things. There are hurricanes, there are storms, there are floods, there are these volcanic eruptions, each one a display of the amazing power that exists, the, the potential, the power that is always potential. A mountain doesn't have to be erupting as a volcano to demonstrate the power that is part of our earth, part of our planet. Simply being in the presence of a mountain, the stillness, and the strength, the power of a mountain, we can sense it, we can feel it. Or rivers and streams. Sometimes power is not the first thing that comes to mind, but they can shape the water that is flowing, shapes the earth, creates canyons, little ones and huge canyons sometimes. 
And people, people like displaying power. We have military parades. All sorts of countries have military parades with soldiers marching, tanks rolling down the streets, or other types of military equipment showing up. Also a display of power, a deliberate display of power with an intention of saying, don't mess with me, you know, don't mess with us, look at what we have to protect ourselves. But people don't need to necessarily deliberately, overtly display power in this way. Some people, just their presence is an am amazing presence that is powerful, inspiring, meaningful. Recently, we've had news reports with President Zelensky from Ukraine, and I'm always amazed. He shows up sometimes in the city square or in an office in a t-shirt and in a jacket that I might wear when I'm walking my dog. And yet there is a sense of stop and pay attention to this person because he speaks from a place of inner power. And we see that in other people too. I know in my own life there have been people that when they've entered the room, there is a sense of powerful presence. Historically, we've had many people, all of us actually have this and can do this and can show up in this way in which our power is manifest and, and you could feel it, you can almost touch it in the, in the atmosphere. But there have been certain people, famous people, that have captured that, that ability to express their power without overt displays. Simply, it emanates from the core of their being. The Dalai Lama comes to mind. I mean, he's, he's the leader of Tibet who left Tibet when the Chinese advanced into Tibet, and yet he's a leader of Tibet. He continues to be. He's a spiritual leader, and he speaks of the Chinese, my friend, the enemy. So he's not crushed by the circumstances. He's not reduced, he's not made small by difficult circumstances. Instead, in his presence, you feel that power that comes from deep within his soul. Others like him have been Nelson Mandela, Dr. Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. We have many people who have shown up in the face of difficult circumstances or awful circumstances, and yet they emanate from deep within themselves the power that lives within them. The Bhagavad Gita is an Eastern scripture and there is a chapter in a chapter seven that's called the Song of God. And I'm quoting excerpts from the song, from the beginning of the song. 
And God is speaking and says, I am the source of all creation. There is nothing higher than myself. Everything rests in me. I am the taste in the water, and I am the radiance of the sun. So wherever we might look in creation, whatever we might taste, whatever we might hear, whatever we might feel is of God. Without God, nothing would exist. So each and everything we experience has its source in God, including us, including me and including each and every one of you that is listening now. And in our own scriptures, it is written, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So that means all of that which God is, all of those amazing, wonderful, incredible attributes that we recognize in God are true about us. If this scripture is to be believed, and if we are to believe that if we are God's creation, then we are of God. If we are to believe those things, then all those amazing, wondrous attributes of God are ours as well. We are in God's image and likeness. When I was a little girl, I used to think, what that meant is we, that our bodies look like God's body, right? Two arms, two legs, a head, hair. But God is not a physical human being. God is spirit. God is the essence of who we are. The spirit that we are is in the image and likeness of God. So the power that we can capture that is within us is the power of God that moves through us. And yet, and yet, knowing this, there are still moments when I can feel small, I can feel powerless, I can feel like there's nothing that I can do. And that's not true. Today we're talking about the truth about the power that is within us. In Unity's Daily Word, the Daily Word for April 29th, 2022, it is written that nothing is greater than God, the one presence and one power. I pray that I may know this great power as my own, as part of my divine birthright. So that's, that's the truth of the power that is within us. It is of God. It is ours because we are created in the image and likeness of God. Our co-founder, Myrtle Fillmore, went through an amazing healing experience. She was told by doctors and family everyone that she had consulted that she would live a short and very limited life because she was chronically ill. 
And there was a moment when she was inspired, when she saw all of that differently, when she knew it differently in her heart. And she said to herself, I am a child of God. I do not inherit illness. So those are the moments that we seek to have. Those moments that take us from feeling overwhelmed and powerless to those moments when we can claim that inner power, that power that is our birthright through the truth that God is our source, God is our creator, we are of God, without God, we do not exist. Eric Butterworth, a unity teacher, he wrote a book called Discover the Power Within You. In it, he writes, the hope of mankind today lies in the great undiscovered depths within. And probably in your own life, you can think of times when something felt impossible. Maybe there was a diagnosis where doctors were not hopeful. Or maybe you saw other people with the same condition, never recovering, living the rest of their lives, maybe in pain or unable to move. And yet over and over and over, there are stories of people who have overcome situations like that. Maybe not the way they planned to. Maybe the path for overcoming was different than what they first anticipated. But there are endless stories of overcoming those circumstances that we face, healing or bringing abundance into our lives or changing circumstances that seem limiting. And even Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, the founders of Unity, had to struggle with this back and forth that is the mystery of our being, that we can go from knowing the depth of the power that is within us, and yet still we can retreat back into that race consciousness or human consciousness. Charles Fillmore called the human consciousness race consciousness for human race. When Myrtle and Charles and their followers, the, the core group, the initial group that was the Unity Movement, when they bought what is now Unity Village, 500 plus acres outside of Kansas City, they bought the farm. And I don't know how many acres it had at that time, but quite a few. And they were enthusiastically moving onto the farm, creating homes, building homes, creating landscapes and fountains, or they had those envisioned. And then the Great Depression happened. And the Great Depression forced them into moving back into the city, into smaller quarters, and they became afraid, this group of founding members of the unity movement. They became afraid 
and they were wondering would they ever have enough money to fulfill their dreams at this farm. And Myrtle Fillmore would correct them. She would say, no, the question is not, will we ever have enough money? Will we ever have enough faith? Because she knew that what they needed to do was reach into those depths of who they were and know that they were one with the God that is their source. And through God, there are infinite possibilities. But the story of how they worried when they were moving off of the farm back into town and how they were worrying about money demonstrates to me that even the small group of founding unity people you know, who lived and worked alongside Myrtle and Charles, who had experienced amazing miracles in their lives, still panicked and began to worry about money in the face of the Depression. Now, that's a big thing, and I'm not being critical, but even they had to find a way of raising their consciousness to be greater than the challenges of the Depression, and they did. And they came back to the farm, and the farm became Unity Village. Many people have written books, have, have been teachers, have had programs, radio and, and on social media, talking about this experience of finding that power within us the power of God that moves through us to create miraculous healing, create ways of changing circumstances. There's a spiritual teacher named Nancy Lynn Harris. I don't know much about her except that I bought one of her books once and enjoyed it very much. The book is called Miracles with the subtitle, and I don't remember what the subtitle is. She, she told her own story and how she discovered this power within herself, this spiritual power that is of God. And she used her inner power, the discovery of this power within her, to heal herself from congenital glaucoma. According to modern medicine, that's not possible. It can be managed and maintained through conscious monitoring of the pressure in the eyes and through treatment with medications, eye drops, and other things. And she did for many, many years. She was in continual, continuous treatment for this glaucoma and then decided, no, she was going to allow the power within her to heal it. And again, it was effortful. She put in time. She focused on it. She worked on her consciousness. She stopped using the medication. I'm not advising anybody to stop using medication, but that's what she chose to do because she felt in that one situation, it was better for her to focus only on her spiritual healing and in her next doctor's visit, I, I don't know how many months apart these visits were, but they were regular 
Her doctor, who had been treating her for many years, found that the pressure in her eyes was normal. And he asked her if she had been using the eye drops, and she said no. And he could not explain how that came to be. At least according to what she wrote in the book, that continued for an extended period of time. I don't know the ultimate outcome. But there's many, many stories of healing that cannot be attributed to anything else other than the spiritual power within us. Sometimes our healing comes through the expertise and the skill and the knowledge of the doctors, the nurses, maybe the shamans we go to. Whatever that is the normal pathway for healing can be a pathway that, that is a channel for that healing power within us to work. Nancy Lynn Harris also had a fairly serious hip injury that she healed using the same methods that she did with her glaucoma. But there's many books with many examples of healing that can only be explained through this inner power. Bernie Siegel an amazing physician, spiritual teacher, author. He worked as, I don't know if he was head of surgery or chief of staff. I think he was chief of staff. And he worked in one of the major Boston hospitals. He was also a teacher at Yale University. He founded a group called ECAP. He was an oncology surgeon. He worked with cancer patients, and he formed a group of exceptional cancer patients because over the years, there would be people who would beat the odds in the most amazing way. The prognosis was awful, and yet they continued to live, and they continued to function, and they continued to have fulfilling lives, and many of them had remissions in which the cancer never returned. So he became curious. What is going on? What do these people who beat the odds in these amazing ways, do they have something in common? And as he worked with the groups, they would meet. It would be, you know, a support group of sorts. And he would hear their stories in every single one, somewhere along the way, chose to focus their attention on doing what they love instead of focusing on the illness. And there was an energy and a power and a passion that came with doing what I love. And Bernie Siegel believed, Dr. Siegel believed that this love and passion for life was part of the power that was within them to heal the cancer that they were dealing with. There were other things that they did and other things that many of them did, but he found that this choice to live and to live doing what I love was pretty much there for each and every 
exceptional cancer patient that he met and got to know. Charles Roth, another author and spiritual teacher, he wrote a book called Mind, the Master Power, and we will spend some time in the coming weeks talking about the power of the mind and how we access that power within us by working with our minds, with our thoughts, our imagination, our beliefs, our, and our choices, our decisions, our practices. But Charles Roth summed up this idea of the power within us for me in a very beautiful way. In his book, it's like a guided meditation or a suggested um, exercise that he has. And in it, he says, then say, we're supposed to say this to ourselves, and then listen quietly in the silence for the answer. So in this exercise, we are to say, but who is one with God, the source? Listen then to the Christ in you answer, I am. Once again, say, but who is one with God, the source? And then listen to the Christ in you give the answer. I am. I am the one who is one with God, the source. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org. Dot org.